can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. When you hold me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's alright. Welcome in. We are so happy to have you with us tonight or today, whatever time you are hearing this. Uh, we have a very special treat for you, like all weeks. Um, but this week we have uh, a true white whale joining us. Um, you know, he said the right time, the right place, and the time is now and the place is here. So Zach Telford, welcome on to the show. Appreciate the shout out. The white whale is here, I guess. We we have a lot to cover this week, um, especially with the insane trades, not just the ones that went down tonight um, that literally need to be one-upped as we record this podcast. But um, also, I want to start with the ones that happened shortly after last week's episode, because that was quite the trip. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jack, you and Mexo, okay, I said on the podcast last week, um, I, I said, you know, uh, Metcalf right now is trying to trade Swift. He's been in my ear about AJ Brown for Swift. And I don't think I can take that trade because um, my team would kind of just go back to where it was before I made all those trades. So I was going to pass on it. Uh, clearly piqued your interest a bit. Um, and you made the original move for Debo Samuel before we could even release the podcast. That trade had been made uh, at the time. <laughs> how are you feeling about that? Uh, at the time or now? Yeah, at the or, time you just oh, oh yeah, because there, there were a lot of there was a lot of stuff that happened. Oh, I, I think it's fine. <laughs> I I like DeAndre Swift a lot. Um, the literal only concern is that the Lions organization might shut him down early so they can tank for one of the quarterbacks. But like besides that, it's chill. Um, I don't know. I've always liked DeAndre Swift as a player. He's like so fun to watch. He's got that burst from a running back that's like. You know, it's that Jonathan Taylor last year, Derrick Henry, just like that finishing speed in open field. Like, he's – you can't tackle him in the open field. I think we've all seen that. Um, and I really – what I really like about DeAndre Swift is he only really needs, like, 12 touches, and that's including, like, his receptions to be, like – to have, like, an effective fantasy day. Um, works amazingly in garbage time, which, as we've all seen, the Lions have been in a ton this year. So – I don't know. I'm pretty hype. I'm pretty hype. So, Jack, but after that, after that, it wasn't as simple as that. Uh, I mean, very shortly after, you decided that DeAndre Swift You know, when you enough. got Dirty Dawson yapping in your ear, you got to make something. And uh, <laughs> he, he, he's, got a, he's got a way with his words. Um, so I, I gave up Jonathan Taylor and uh, Debo and Brian Robinson for Saquon and Curtis Samuel. Um, truth be told, it was probably a bad trade for me. I could have gotten more value, but I was bored in one of my just horrendously boring classes. Um, so I was just texting you boys. Cut to uh, the I offered kind of like a pity trade. I was trying to bait a 
uh, one up for Riley, you know, just seeing what we could be done, like a little DeAndre Swift or DK action. So that happened uh, for that one. That got one up. And then uh, me and Riley decided to do a joint one up because I couldn't let Telford get away with trading Mike Williams for DeAndre Swift. And so- Dude, at that time, okay, okay, okay. At that time, nobody knew how long he was going to be out for, and he was on buy. So it was a perfectly reasonable trade. I don't know why you were so upset with it. I thought Brandon Staley was refusing to give a timeline. That is, I think there's a very decent chance he doesn't play another snap the rest of the season. Better hope not. Yeah, that would be, that would be uh, trouble for Telfman. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That is, so, and then I was like, oh, I got to save Riley from this. So then I just, we did the original trade. And then I just we swapped some rando bench players that I think we have both dropped at this point. <laughs> yeah, after that happened, Nazwan and I were trying to make something happen. We just couldn't. We wanted to get back to you guys. It never worked out. <laughs> I mean, the 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 four up was really something to take in. I was I was uh I I had a really interesting day at work that day where I wasn't really uh at my desk a lot in the middle of the day and like every time I had a chance to look at my phone. Some like new very large development had happened that I had to I had to push through and uh, that was I gotta say as, as an outsider on that one that was that was quite fun. Uh, Telford, I know that after that trade you were saying you were happy that a trade wasn't made and with the six people you were talking to uh, this week, are you still feeling that right now? I'm feeling fantastic. Did you see my boys ball out this week? I mean, Tony Pollard, you you were. I think it was you or one of you two. Oh, it was decent chance. It was, decent chance it was both. I think you guys, you guys ganged up on me actually. <laughs> I was floating about the Jamar Chase injury. I tried to trade for him the day before with Adam. I was trading with trying to trade with everybody last week, but so Tyler Boyd's not a bad start here as a wide receiver three. No, really, no, not at all. Flex. Four, 11.3 points this week, not bad, but Tony Pollard, 33 points, 150 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he's he's here to stay. I think the Cowboys. Are gonna run him way more often now. He got more carries than Zeke did, I think, two weeks ago. So if, we'll see. If, for, I regret to inform you that it would take Jerry Jones selling the franchise for to become <laughs> the lead running. I'm not. I'm not saying. I, no, no, no. I'm not saying that it's gonna be a. It's a one one horse race. I think that it's gonna be way more split. It's gonna be even. Zeke might be more dynamic in the past game, but let's let's run it with with Tony Pollard. So at least if, for the touchdowns. If Ezekiel Elliott starts this week or at least is healthy well, enough to play on, do you start tony pollard they're oh they're on by two weeks from now are you starting tony pollard with a healthy zeke um with a healthy probably. Zeke? it depends on it depends on how my wide receivers are i mean right now my current rb2 is chase emmons this week oh um well actually no he's on by now so i don't have <laughs> i don't have a living i have three running backs who are on he, by. he just got traded yeah so uh, has it updated yet yeah, it did update. He was uh, supposed to play, and he got traded. Now he's on by. So uh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be gloating too big in the good chat, but no, nah, dude, I, uh, I'm I'm happy with my, where my running backs are. I mean, Fat Lenny's had a couple tough games, but yeah. Nick Chubb's still RB one, and he's a beast. So those two flex, you know, it's Alan Lazard, Tony Pollard, Tyler Boyd are all kind of fighting for it. So we'll see. Maybe even Chase Claypool can have a connection with Justin Fields, although probably not. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I know. Telford, we'll, we'll be able to get more into those details later. Uh, I Because, I mean, as much as the trades flew in our league, there was, def- there was definitely uh, really the most, like, substantial fantasy trade deadline I can ever remember in the NFL. Trade deadline's never really that big of a thing in the NFL. Sometimes no, not at all. Moves. And this was, yeah. this was literally like the NBA trade deadline. I mean, you had so many household names flying around. You didn't have, like, 
the big ones like Kareem Hunt that some people thought would happen. But these are some pretty big names. Um, I know not not what we had: Naheem Hines, T.J. Hawkinson, Chase Brad, Edmonds, Bradley Chubb. Oh uh, yeah, I guess because we're a fantasy group chat, we mainly focus on the offensive players. Chase but Clayton. yeah, Bradley Chubb getting traded. Tra- oh well, yeah, yeah. This is it. Is really like I know the NBA trade deadline is way more notorious because a it's easier to transition from team to team, and b like we've seen like some guys like get put over the edge, you know, ju- by just having one player like Marcus all with the Raptors. Um, but like, there's been some, like, th- it's just, that's just not how it works in the NFL. Like one guy is rarely ever going to put you over that edge to become a championship team. So I don't know. It's pretty fun. Pretty fun. I like to see it. It was mainly just people trading their RB twos, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, those like under the radar fantasy trades. No, literally, literally. Um, one one fantasy trade that was not under the radar uh, was another blockbuster uh, that happened the next day. Uh, Noswad was aggressively shopping Saquon Barkley. He let it be known in the group chat that Saquon was on the move. After listening to the pod, um, he let me know that the pod inspired him to trade Saquon. Um, and I wasn't. I was feeling pretty good about my team, so I wasn't really uh, too too interested other than the fact that I do like Saquon a lot. Dawson just kept sending me a bunch of different offers and then said, uh, name your price, say name your price and Saquon is yours. And I was like, okay, Dawson, like, I don't want old man Brady to tell my roster anymore. I don't like opening fantasy app and having to see his face. Um, oh, honestly, God, yeah. I've, I've, I've wanted Kyler for a long time. Um, but I knew Dawson loved Kyler and Saquon. Um, so I really thought about it. Um, I, I decided that I was ready to give up. <laughs> I decided I was ready to go Alvin Kamara and AJ Brown, but uh, Dawson said, no, I want Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, which at the time just felt like a lateral move. I was like, okay, Alvin Kamara will give me like 14 points a week. And uh, AJ, Devontae Adams is better than AJ Brown, but AJ Brown is attached to a, like the best team right now in the NFL. We're- so I like, Conrad, did you right. offer AJ Brown and Alvin Kamara? Yeah, yeah. So Oh so really? Offered, oh fuck. I had offered I had offered Tom Brady, AJ Brown, and Alvin Kamara. And something I like to do in my trades actually is I like to give teams the option when I when I feel somewhat <laughs> when neutral. I, when about, I gaslight the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's also something I like to do in a trade. No, I, I, I like to I like to give them options. Um so it was really like um, AJ Brown or Devontae, Kamara or Aaron Jones. Um, I kind of thought that uh, that uh, I would keep. Uh, I figured I'd keep uh, Aaron Jones and uh, and uh, Devontae. But uh, no, Dawson really felt strongly about Devontae over AJ Brown. And then he just he just decided he wanted. Um, he decided that he wanted. Uh, uh, he basically gave me the decision. So I was like, okay, I'll keep Kamara. You take Aaron Jones. Um, he's a, he's an idiot. Happened. He's an idiot for that one. Like, yeah, I'm, gonna, like I'm gonna be honest. I still would rather have AJ Brown over Devonte and like Kamara over. Even before like oh, the big boom. Even before the big yeah, boom I this mean, past week, I'm still like he's still fucked up on that one. What? Well, well, oh, dude, Conrad, I was trying to trade for him last week. He was a guy that I was. Yeah, you, you really wanted AJ want Brown. Brown. You really did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you do have to keep in mind though, Jack. Uh, I mean, people were. I mean, things change so quickly in fantasy. In hindsight, it's 2020. People were saying about 
uh, Alvin Kamara just last week. Dawson was saying the same thing. Everyone was saying, which is he'll give me like 14 points every week. That might get a touchdown here or there. It's better than the guy uh, I just shipped out. Jeez. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean that the, when those two explosions happened um, last week, I I felt like my team was finally at a place that I was very happy with. Um, obviously, awesome. another big tree just happened that we'll get into for in a second. Um, but, uh, uh, and a little under the radar trade happened right before the week started. Uh, it was, um, I was at, I was at our Halloween party on Saturday. We were hosting, um, Tanky was a tourist. We had a bunch of friends in town and it was, it was a good time. It was popping off. And, uh, well, um, you know, let's just say it was time for Tanky to go to bed a little early that night. Um, so we were all still together. Um, Will's phone was on aux <laughs> and, um, the, the, the music keeps cutting out and I'm like, what is going on? So I finally go over to Will's phone and I realized that Metcalf had been trying to call him. And then I looked at my <laughs> phone and I had like nine missed calls from Metcalf. And I was like, Oh my God. And of course it was Metcalf was like, we need you to push through this trade. And I was like, I was like, uh, okay. Cause they had reached out to me. Adam and Metcalf had reached out to me earlier. Like, Hey, like if we make a trade now, could you push it through? And I was like, yeah, I'd be willing to do that. Um, but then that was like at 8 p.m. And then at like 1 a.m. my time, they were trying to get this done. So then I had just clicked like process the trade. But I guess it hadn't processed because like 10 minutes later, the music was stopping again. Adam and Metcalf, Adam was saying like, <laughs> I will protest the rest of the season if you do not. Let this <laughs> like, they, and I was like, okay, okay. Geez. I finally look at the trade. And it's, oh, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it was like, Eno Benjamin and TJ Hawkinson for Brandon Cooks. So I was like, <laughs> just nothing. It's like just nothing. It's like it's like I am done with this league if this does not happen right. <laughs> like well, you, I will spit on your grave. I I wanted to know how Adam had pulled off that that fleecing, getting um, Eno and TJ Hawkinson for Brandon Cooks, um, and he told me that Metcalf went to him like begging for this trade to happen. So <laughs> Adam and I were kind of wondering what exactly went through Metcalf's mind thinking that Brandon Cooks was about to explode because Brandon Cooks was not traded at the deadline and uh, he has not really been that impressive this year. Metcalf gave up uh, TJ Hawkinson, who um, not only has had some really big weeks, he just got traded to the Vikings, which we think will be a good situation for him. He gave up Eno Benjamin, who will continue to be a low-end RB1 until James Conner is back. Um, it was it was a weird trade. I mean, did you guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty weird as well. Like, I'm going to be honest. I saw it. I was like, okay, trading pennies on the dollar, like doing the, <laughs> doing these little boy trades. Um, I mean, Tufford, uh, what was, what was Metcalf thinking there? Yeah. Dude, I, I'm going to be honest. This is the first time that I've even seen this trade. So, <laughs> that, like, even in the group chat, I guess Saturday was an interesting night, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, if that tells you anything, it wasn't exactly dynamic for either team. I get the whole Brandon Cooks might be traded, but still, I guess Hawkinson's okay. You probably picked him up on the off the waivers recently, and then you know Benjamin. Bro, what? No. <laughs> Hawkinson's been drafted the entire year. Then maybe so, I'm, I'm sleeping. Yeah, no, the, Hawkinson's good. My bad. I'll take that back. Uh, <laughs> the the week played out. When we'll get to we'll be getting to that shortly. But um, an hour ago, uh. Your your podcast host truly pulled off two very big uh, trades, and uh, Telford hit us up right after he saw the second one go through. 
just uh, cursing us for making two huge trades before the pod starts. Uh, we're, we're just trying to bring content to the people, Telford. And uh, if, if that takes constantly blowing up our teams to readjust, to just replace superstars with superstars, uh, I think that's what we're going to do. So, Jack, I mean, you went first. So why don't you tell us about it? You've got Justin Jefferson for Jonathan Taylor and Chris Olave. I literally can't hear. Jonathan Taylor is going to get injured this week, and then they're going to shut him down the rest of the season. Like, he is <laughs> – it's it's a combination of a high ankle sprain that he suffered week one or two. I don't know why they keep him out there. He's, I mean, he himself has not lost his edge. It's just like this injury has like slowed him down significantly. Like you can't get the breakaway touchdowns that you're looking for. And then Conrad, um, it's the fact that like the Colts just look terrible. Like I, that's what I'm saying. Jonathan you don't want to attach your star to that team. Jonathan Taylor has lost me, like, probably two um, weeks so far this year. Like, his middle oh, It's just his fault. You have, you have nine <laughs> players, but it's just, just Jonathan Taylor's fault? I mean, I mean, a little bit, yeah. It's definitely it's not Jack's it. fault. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it couldn't be Jack's fault. Okay, me, we'll, we'll address it later, but I fucked up this week. <laughs> um, my, honestly, the sad part was that I got rid of Chris Olave, but... Honestly, this might be a hot take. I view Jonathan Taylor as a negative fantasy asset. As in, you have to start him, and he takes away from your team every week. You are, spe- yeah, you are exactly right, Conrad. That is exactly what I'm talking about. He, just because, like, you can't not start Jonathan Taylor, obviously, and so, like, just by the merit that he's in, is like you have you have to, uh, like, get him going. Yeah, and who would, who would you start instead? No one, like no one. But it's like at least Brian Robinson can score a touchdown sometimes. I don't know. I mean, the Naheem Himes trade was like encouraging, honestly, more so for the backup running back. But I don't know. Dion. Yeah, but also like I, I think you, you boys know. Uh, I've been in. I've been in some DMs with y'all. I have been aggressively trying to trade for a top four wide receiver in the league right now, both fantasy and like real stats. And I was able to do it. And the sad part is that I had to give up Olave, but uh, that guy's my boy. He was fun to watch these Saints games here, but got to move on, you know? Um, And I honestly don't think either one of us is going to be expecting a one-up. I don't think Frankie's going to get a better offer. And frankly, I think there's only like three people in the league who, who could give me a better offer. So, I don't know. You think I, you think I could? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's you or Joe who have a better wide. I mean, I'm saying like just swap Justin Jefferson out. Obviously, we can like nitpick like which if we're like doing the whole trade, we can – figure out that but yeah i mean i would trade like cooper cup and uh tyreek over him more than uh Justin Dude, based on right based on this week i'm sitting here i might do a live one up i don't i don't think this yeah. ever happened <laughs> yeah. about doing a live <laughs> we have not been cucked on our pod before i would love i would i would love Love to be in your good graces, Zach. <laughs> all right, all right. So listen, this is my thought on the trade. According to my beloved algorithm, if this trade goes through, Jack will have the number one QB, number one kicker, and number one wide receiver going forward. 
Cambo and I, as two commissioners who believe in phone calls, we had we were we had about a twenty five minute convo that led to this trade that Jesus. we'll get to in a second here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, we uh, Cambo would definitely like to see this trade be stopped. Uh, I'll say that much because my my trade, yes, because him and I both agree that your team gets better with this trade because. You can just move he up. He had a complete. He had a complete option to stop the trade. Okay, we'll discuss it soon. But we'll discuss that in a second. Okay. Yeah. With, with this trade, we, might, we might have to get to Judge Telford sooner rather than later. <laughs> with this, with, with this trade, you can just move up. Uh, your boy Damian Pierce uh, and uh, DeAndre Swift together. There's two running backs, uh, Jefferson and Metcalf, or a great combo. Um, and of course, you have Josh Allen leading the way. Um, Look, I, I think your team definitely improved with this trade, Jack. I think that there's a good 50-50 chance that it doesn't go through. I think Frankie is definitely um, looking for the one-up. It was, as Campbell would say, he traded for the sake of the one-up. But um, I, I I kind of agree. It's, it's I thought be I was hard. trading for the sake of the one-up. <laughs> I don't know. But that, but then I could get something done with Zatch, and then we can figure <laughs> that, we can go I from mean, there. it's <laughs> – this everything we're saying now might be void by the time that I'm even editing this. So yeah, um, yeah. we just have to take things how it is. But um, no, I mean our our conversation ended with us getting this trade done. And 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 Jack, um, let's hold off on the Judge Telford for now. But um, I I will say uh, as Campbell and I have been talking throughout the day. I mean we've been talking for a couple of days about uh him giving me Kelsey and Najee, me moving him Kamara. Um, and he sent me that trade you sent, and we just we had a great laugh. We're like, I feel like, I'm, look, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills right he now. He was like, I, look at this crazy offer I just got from Jack, and then we sent we we, we joked, we had a good laugh, uh, and uh, I'm sure Judge Telford will definitely agree with uh, our laughter by the end of this episode. And at the end of the day, uh, the 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 trade was made, and and look uh, again, this is definitely. Um, Do you want to say for, what the trade is, Conrad, for, the, for those yes, uninformed for, listeners? For, for the, un, for the uh, <laughs> uninitiated. Um, this was I, another, I have some thoughts on this trade, by the way, Conrad. This was another huge trade. Um, so uh, the, the, the principle of the trade was um, I wanted Kelsey and Najee, and we kind of had to see how to make that happen. So um, I initially offered um, Kamara and Thielen or Judy um and then i kind of realized well i guess i don't need a tight end if i have kelsey so i threw an everett um and then with cambo and i kind of had a conversation because cambo feels like kamara is better than saquon at this point um which i didn't really agree with personally i i said i'd rather be holding on to saquon right now than kamara so that kind of worked in my favor because at that point um we both kind of slept on it and he, he went to me today saying that he wanted to get the trade done and i balked a bit because um, I, I realized that if I made this trade, uh, Saquon and Najee would both be out this week. So, um, so Devin Singletary was kind of the perfect candidate because of the Heinz trade. Um, it made it possible. Um, his future is very murky now. Um, but for this one week, Heinz probably won't be rushed. <laughs> I can't imagine the Bills being as anxious to play Heinz as the 49ers <laughs> were to play CMC. <laughs> So Singletary, Singletary probably have what, one more week of being the Bills starting running back. I don't think he's particularly amazing, but um, that was a great add into the trade. I If this trade does go through, I'm losing this two-headed monster that I I think is materializing with the loss of Ingram for the Saints. I think Saquon and Kamara are two of the three or four premier options right now and at running back. But um, I, I will do that to finally fill... <laughs> To go from Cole Komet and the no tight end strategy to Travis Kelsey, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the stuff of dreams. 
Conrad, I'm going to be honest with you. I saw your trade, and I was like, okay, I don't give a shit about Gerald Everett, Thielen, and uh, right. and uh, Singletary. It, it, the trade was essentially just Kamara for Najee and Travis Kelsey. Right. Like, yeah. like let's be honest, like, Gerald Everett and Thielen and Singletary should not be starting on, like, a top-tier team in this league, right? So... I don't know. I think if you look at it that way from like the starting like star players who had like high draft capital invested in them, I think you fleece them. Like there's a decent chance you cut Singletary. There's a decent chance you cut Thielen. There's a decent chance you cut Everett. Right. But you don't cut the other three. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, Najee looks very bad right now and people are talking about him being, um, you know, kind of, usurped in that lineup so he's an um, he's an idiot like that that play that play you sent had me dying conrad i i was laughing at it for so long like i mean i don't i don't know what that was that was horrible i i i believe in i believe in the opportunity um because i think the steelers offense is a little underrated um and i think that um kenny pickett will continue to get better um, mm-hmm. I think that they move the ball well. Um, and yeah, I, I think that, you know, Najee's so young that, um, it's, it's going to be, it, and he's already kind of had a better season than Clyde did his, his rookie year, but this, the Steelers are, I think are going to feel pressed to not give up on Najee and not hurt his confidence. So even though I don't really believe too much in the talent, I really believe in the opportunity. So, um, yeah, that was definitely, I mean, Campbell was, Campbell was a team that desperately needs a shakeup as we've been talking about. He went. Oh yeah, Big he time. started the season four and zero, and then he's gone to one four. So he's, he's four and four. Wait, he's lost four straight games yep, he right won, now. He won the first four. You won oh. three. Number one overall over Telford, and now he yeah. is four and four. Um, okay, <laughs> look, we but it wasn't. I literally said, "Fuck it, just rank camera one." <laughs> you said, not let's, let's give him his day. <laughs> <laughs> um. I guess oh, I did. talking now I did. About, about the real number one team, because at this point, I mean, whatever you think about the roster, the, the standings and the points scored are very clear. Telford, you had another big win this week. You were going against um, very sneaky good Tommy, and Tommy had a very solid week, but it was not even close. You had another great week of scoring just um, overall, um, and it's it's great to have you on the pod uh, coming off this off this high you've been on just just another week of uh of just rolling your opponent and um again i i look at your lineup and there's nothing particularly about it that just makes me say wow this is a team i you know wouldn't want to face in the playoffs but i mean the the numbers don't lie so i i have to know what do you think has been your team's secret sauce to this uh i believe it's a six game win streak now it's a seven game win streak actually but uh oh, so you started on a... one Started 0-1 against Metcalf, beating by 93 points. I looked at it again today. So after that beatdown, I rebranded to the pod's biggest fan, and I'm in the good graces. I've scored 100 <laughs> points in every week since. Have the most points in the league by 60 points, and markedly 208 more points scored than Jack's sorry team. Yes, sir. But yes, sir. <laughs> what I will say, what I will say about my team is that I mean Nick Chubb in the third round was a phenomenal pick. I picked. Lenny, I guess, in the late second over him for whatever reason. But Chubb has been a beast. And then, I don't know, pieces are falling when they need to fall. Geno Smith has had a couple great games. Cooper Cup reliably, 19-20 a game. Tony P obviously balled out. I have, and honestly, I've been carried by Dallas Cowboys defense more times than I can count. 
They've averaged 12 points a game this year um, for no reason. I'm Michael Parks is pretty good. <laughs> Trevon Diggs picks, but otherwise, no, it's, it was a great pickup. So, I mean, I was, I've been the last two weeks, you know, Wednesday rolls around. I'm a little bored in the work week and I've been fiending to make trades. And I'm last week, I think I talked to over half the league, like pretty big names, <laughs> but I just, I, I can't give up Chubb and Cup. It's very hard for me. It's, it has to be a pretty enticing offer. And to be fair, JT and Olave are tickling me a little bit for Cooper Cup. I might have to do it's, the live one up, but it's there if you want it. It's there. <laughs> I, I would accept that. I, I need a little bit more time to think, but I will say, uh, I know I love where my team's at. I'd like you know a little thicker bench, maybe a wide receiver too. That's not Tyler Boyd, but otherwise, <laughs> no, it's been a great season so far. Yeah, uh, I. Hey guys, I don't want to interfere in a in a in a nice trade, but uh, I don't think that trade would make sense for you, Telford, because as you just pointed to, I, I don't really think any of our wide receivers outside of Cup are going to be dependable in the playoffs. Um, and as much as uh, as much as you don't really need that, because Cup is Cup is kind of a hero wide receiver, which you don't see that often. Um, I think that I don't know. I mean, having having like Lenny at your flex would go crazy, but um, I. I think that trade probably doesn't make sense for your team. Um, there, I, again, I, I look at your team and I still feel like you could shake things up. I feel like you could, you know, sell at the right time, maybe on Chubb or someone to, for the right offer, kind of this approach of anyone being on the table. But um, I, I know that you kind of shut down when it comes to trading those top dogs. I mean, sometimes we've been in trade talks and I mentioned a name like Chubb or Cup and I just don't hear anything else from you after that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm married I'm married to Chubb at this point. Or Chubb. Yeah. I mean, the reason the reason why is really it's it's any I got a lock him in as keeper. I got him in the third yeah. round, like I said. So that's a pretty fantastic third round keeper, you know, assuming nothing terrible happens to him in this season. But I'm well, I'm pretty much stuck with him for sure. You're also it is the assumption that Kareem Hunt is gone this season. So you will be having a Nick Chubb only backfield next year. So I yeah, definitely do not I do not hate that keeper for you at all. Yeah. And um Tommy, you went you went up against uh and as I kinda of pointed to, Tommy's team is very uh threatening. I think that after that trade it became it became sneakily still threatening with um the Ramondre Stevenson hold has I mean Ramondre Stevenson I, I have him in a, in another league. He has all of a sudden become a low end RB one, if not like a mid tier RB one, because he has taken over the Pats backfield, which feels like that could age poorly given Bill Belichick's history. But I mean, he just looks so much better than Damian Harris. And at the very least he is way better at, um, you know, the pass catching aspect of the game and he gets the goal line carries. He, he's one of those guys that can be 20 yards away from scoring and get it in. I mean, um, and Josh Jacobs had finally had his down week. And that's going to make a lot of people come off it a little bit because Josh Jacobs is one of those names where you kept being like, that can't be right. And finally he (laughs) kind of, he played down to earth, but um, I think, I think anyone that really looks at that game would know that that's, that's not really his fault. I mean, everyone's willing to throw away the Devontae Adams um, one catch game because they know that this was just a game that nothing was working right for the Raiders. So you should do the same with Jacobs right now. And yeah, I think, I think Tommy now has the best running backs by far in the league. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, I don't think Tommy's going to sniff the playoffs, but, um, that is the last low tier team that I would want to be playing in the SACO. Um, still a very threatening team and, uh, Tommy's still active, you know, Tommy's still making trades. Tommy's still, 
um, still putting up a, at least 100 points these last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, I think we're getting to the point in the season where you can't look at a team at the bottom of the standings and say, watch out for them. But uh, you can watch out for Tommy be ru- ruining your playoff chances. Conrad, dare I say this is my favorite year I've had in the league so far? Oh, uh, well, that I I think that the the the, the pod has definitely helped, but uh, also the, the general competitiveness, the amount of trades, Telford. I mean, I, I can't thank you enough for this this one up system. Um, it's it's yeah, given. Uh, yeah. And the fab is so good too. It's so much better. Like we we all saw what the one up did. I think today when Jack floated out Jonathan Taylor, like we were all kind of saying the quiet part out loud. Like we're all just kind of waiting for someone to trade something for Jonathan Taylor so that we can then see uh, what we can what do the, about that. What trade. the market? What the market? Exactly. Is. Yeah. And, what, dude, the one up is sweet. It's so much better. The one-up is almost perfect right now, I think, too, because the one-up is also pretty friendly to the original trader because, um, you know, once the only person that has agency after one-up is made is the original trader and the person they originally traded with because, I mean, if you if you can come to a new term with that person, as we have – Jack and I have both been able to do twice, um, it's, it's immediately processed. It's immediately over. Um, no one else can threaten that trade. It, it just goes through. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's awesome. <laughs> when I did that trade with Noswad, we made an agreement to not <laughs> take any, a gentleman's agreement to not take any <laughs> one-ups just because I think we were just beaten down from all the one-ups that had been happening the last day <laughs> and had been happening overall that we were both kind of willing to just make a temporary truce on, um, avoiding it. But yeah, I mean, all things considered, I think, I think the pod and the one-up has really taken, uh, and it was also super fun being able to do our first, uh, live draft with the auction board too even though a lot of you boys couldn't join us. But uh, yeah, I mean, the league's on fire right now. Telford's at the top. We've awoken the sleeping giant. Telford, you've kind of been at the middle of the league all your years in the league the last, the first three years or so. But uh, I mean, I think, I think as of now, you're definitely in pole position. It's great to have an active Telford. I love it. <laughs> it's uh, appreciate that guys. Can't, can't agree more with what you guys have said about the the pod really got me into it. Dude. I was clowning you guys week one. I was like, yo, these guys are doing a pod. But after a few listens, it's been sweet. It's a good part of my Wednesday or Thursday. The thing we're trying, we've been, we're trying to get it earlier and earlier in the week. I do my best to get it out the night that we record, but you know, it's hard. I think, like, I, we, we, got, we got stuff. Really? Thursdays are the best. Cause it gets me excited for like the, the game at, the, you know, the night game and the weekend games. I like Thursdays oh, true. a lot. True. Yeah, and th- uh, thir- Friday immediately becomes way too late because that Tavki episode, I think got a little buried a lot of people's queue with the uh, with the weekend coming up. <laughs> Listening to, to me and Jack chirp with Tamp over some wine and IPAs for an hour and a half wasn't really on the top of watchable <laughs> list. But uh, during the week, that sounds like a good time. Uh, <laughs> I think we can move on now to our next game. Uh, Noswad and Metcalf played in the closest game of the week. Um, I would say it was artificially close because Noswad sat his kicker going into Monday night, but the game would have been just as close if Noswad uh, hadn't have done that. Um, because, yeah, I mean, this was definitely an interesting one. I mean, uh, again, Noswad is really never someone I can find myself rooting against, but obviously I was kind of rooting against him in this one because Metcalf is trying to get back into the mix. Obviously, um, if Metcalf won this game, uh, Noswad would kind of be brought to my record level. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, Stefan Diggs definitely put that to rest very early in that Packers game. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting why, 
um, a lot of these uh, a lot of these systems still register uh, a guy like Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup over Stephon Diggs because Stephon Diggs has been the wide receiver one in fantasy, and um, there has only been one week where um, I mean ESPN calls it a bust. I mean it's eight point two points. It's it would be disappointing, but I mean uh, like his floor is eight point two points, and his ceiling so far has been almost forty points. So um, I, I mean that's definitely the core of Nasrallah's team. His his running back situation is uh has gotten interesting with Etienne. I think it was it was pretty weak until um Etienne was able to well, it would have been weak. I mean, I know he had Saquon at that time, but um obviously the the Conklin for Etienne trade was just one of those like freebies. Oh god. Just one of it's those just freebies that just kind of gave Noswad a boon and kind of counterbalance uh, that combined with the trade that he did with Diche where he got rid of Penny right before Penny got the season-ending injury. And um, in return, uh, what did he get for that? He got Miles Sanders in return. So Noswad's gotten away with some free ones this year. His only bad trade was with me. He gave me Thielen and Josh Jacobs for uh, Cordero Patterson. Um, So the bad draft and that bad trade have kind of offset those ones. But uh, yeah, I mean, Noswad remains a very dangerous team, um, showing a willingness to swallow his pride and bench McPherson um uh, <laughs> in order to close out that week um i think that shows up very high awareness from dawson i know dawson was like literally um up the night pod drops on like wednesday <laughs> the hours of wednesday i already listened to the entire episode like while he was just grinding so i mean that's that that's the kind of dedication that you need to see out of a championship team um yeah i mean i think he's he's hyper locked in right now um i, I again i mean i think the character of his team is going to keep changing like Jack and I just kind of have a bit, but um, yeah. I mean, oh yeah. He looks there are good. people in this le- There are people in this league where you remove them from the from the league, it's no longer the league. Like, and that, and I think we can safely say that is Dawson and Declan. <laughs> if if they want to go touch themselves in the corner and trade pennies, <laughs> <there's a> <laughs> nice. Let them do so. Um, but I definitely agree with your point about um, the trades offsetting each other because, goddamn, giving up Josh Jacobs in that trade uh, would have, like, it had you sold after the third 30 point week, you literally could have, like, you could have Cooper Cup right now, you know? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, there, there's, there's still a little bit of questions about the name value because people know Josh Jacobs is a big fantasy bust the last couple of years. But uh, I think he he firmly – I mean, he got himself to a place where Tommy was willing to give you Josh Allen and Debo Samuel for uh, Burrow and Josh Jacobs. So, yeah, I mean, that was, that, I never, was, that was a testament to it. I never said this in the group chat, but I get uh, – he did – I offered JT and Debo for uh, – or JT and uh, Burrow for – Josh Allen and Debo, and he said no. He wanted he wanted Josh Jacobs. But so I have I have to give my flowers to Tommy it, for for that one. Does he know something that we don't? Oh well, you want to know? Uh, there are two guys in this league, Tommy and Joe, who um, make all their all fantasy trade decisions go through their friends who they consult. So uh, oh god, right? <laughs> in, this, in, in this situation, I think Tommy's friends knew what they were doing and guided him to a smart trade. Um, okay. If we're staying on topic of this matchup, um, I mean, this is, this is a testament, I think, to Metcalf's team. I mean, a horrible start at QB, um, just like, 
Uh, I mean, people were giving him his flowers early on in the chat for the bold start. But, I mean, you had to know in that game that with a running back, a fully healthy Derrick Henry against a bad Texans defense, um, Malik Willis is going to be mostly handing off the ball that game. And sure enough, he got 1.4 fantasy points for Metcalf, and that was his downfall. I mean, Metcalf could have – I mean, again, like McPherson got zero points. So Metcalf could have started, I don't know, like <laughs> – Christian McCaffrey on that one pass as at QB and he would have he would have won. Um, so oh god, that's gotta sting. Definitely very unfortunate. I mean, Telford, do you feel like people are sleeping on Metcalf's team though? Because I mean, look, Metcalf puts up 107 points this week with basically no quarterback with Mahomes on bye and Debo Samuel out. Um, is is Metcalf a sneaky playoff dark horse? Dude, I honestly think so. Um, I think Metcalf's team is pretty good. I liked it. I tried to make a trade happen earlier on this year. And what I will say, and I don't think you guys are going to like this, but Chuba Hubbard, I've always liked Chuba Hubbard. <laughs> oh, no. 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 Hey, unfortunately, what happened this week, but he got his boy Deontay to get, I guess, 32. I mean, those two players, Henry and Deontay Foreman, combined for 74, 73% of his team's points. So I don't know if you can say that it's a dangerous playoff team. Sure, he has some people on by, but it's a pretty well-rounded team, I'll put it that way. It's it's gotten to a re- really a great place. I think Metcalf has kind of flown under the radar a bit this year. Uh, ever since he got off to his hot, hot 2-0 start, he's definitely, like, you know, I mean, he's gone 1-5 since then. So obviously, there's good reason why he kind of has become less of a focus. But, um, I mean, look, I at the end of the day, as much as we talk about these top fantasy RBs, I, I think Derrick Henry is probably – the RB you most want going forward. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's kind of close, but um, I think it's safe to say that Metcalf has, I mean, uh, I, I, we just talked about how Jack, according to the algorithm will have the best QB and wide receiver. But uh, I think according to common sense, I think Metcalf uh, very easily, uh, you can make the argument that he has the best QB and running back, which is a beautiful combo. Devo Samuel. Um, we all see the last season in the twinkle and Devo Samuel size. So I mean, yeah, as, as, as Telford said, a very well-rounded team. If, uh, I mean, I honestly, um, just to give more hit on Chuba Hubbard, who, yes, he was out this week, but another week of Chuba Hubbard scoring 0.0 points. I just want to say that. Um, <laughs> uh, if, if, if Chuba Hubbard can be relegated to irrelevancy, as I think we all believe he should, except for Telford and Metcalf, um, yes, Deontay Foreman, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to overreact to one solid week and one amazing week, but Deontay Foreman immediately becomes – a guy that you uh, like a must start if Chuba Hubbard isn't committing him. So, um, I mean, the, the, the Panthers have said they see Deontay Foreman as a Derrick Henry, um, which honestly, if you've been watching these games, it's not that crazy to say Um, he's, he's definitely got the prototype. So yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a dangerous combo. Um, If, if Pittman can wake up whatsoever um, uh, as I was kind of hitting at, I I think we have our dark horse on, on our hands. Um, (laughs) Uh, maybe the, the the true dark horse of the league. No one really knows what direction he's going, though. Uh, Will Tamke rattled off his third <laughs> of the season. Uh, <laughs> All right, hit me with it. Let's do it. Come on. Come on. Jack, Jack let's, get it, let's get it over with. I mean, Telford, I don't know how this happened, but um, I think there must have been a glitch in the system because Jack's team appeared to score 16 points less than the, than the, the floor. Uh, so I don't know if Jack was hanging out in the basement or it, like what exactly was happening here. But uh, I mean – Jack had a look. I mean, and sure, Bateman was uh, got injured early in that game. I'll give you Bateman's projected nine points. You still finish under a hundred here. You are going to lose to Tampke no matter what. 
Um, obviously, you feel bad about that Pitts sit. I think Pitts finally has earned his starting spot back on your team. Um, yeah. That is, if you, if you don't trade him, as I know you tried to make with Cambo. Um, yeah, Jack, I mean. Uh, All right, let's do this. All right, enough of, enough of your pundit status. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I hurt. My team has a floor of 100. Um. But I don't think I have a floor Clearly of 100. Clearly not, bro. <laughs> I, You're six I, I, your defense at 13. You have a floor yeah, no, 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 it's a bad. It was a bad week. I definitely regretted the Rashad Bateman start, as you can both guess. Kyle Pitts, whatever, you know. I think my thought process going forward is going to be uh, Kyle Pitts if I'm projected to win, Taysom Hill if I'm projected to lose. You know, a little boomer bust action. I, You're a I terrible think, manager. I don't think I'm gonna get a better <laughs> system. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna get a better system than that. Um, the real L of the week continues to be Jonathan Taylor. Sayonara. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about Damian Pierce. Get to start Justin Jefferson. And um, the one thing I will say, Conrad, is that a hell of a week for uh, Josh Allen to only get 17. You know, like that's fine. Like if he's going to have his bust week against the Packers, might as well happen now when I'm facing Tampa. I took a nap. If I'm losing by like halfway through the <laughs> afternoon slot. Some days I, are for flower picking. Yeah, no, they're for flower picking. Uh, I took a nap halfway through and then I wake up and John and uh, Christian McCaffrey has dropped 35 on me. So I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like oh, God. Like, oh, God. Let me ask you this, Jack. Do you, do you think that – Jonathan Taylor is the worst consensus number one pick ever to not get oh. it. Uh, no, it was Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, it was Le'Veon who Bell. <laughs> yeah, who I also drafted. Yeah, that was in my one year. That was in my one like really bad. I, I don't think I was just feeling the league. That, that was the Le'Veon Bell contract holdout year, so he played zero snaps. That year. Yeah, so mm. that was that was probably the worst one. Um, my only, my only. I think argument. David Johnson was also bad. Oh, like yeah. in twenty seventeen like broke his like hand um, and he was out for the season i will say i will say christian mccaffrey in 2020 right or 2019 that was probably worse than what jonathan taylor's doing at least no, jonathan taylor I, 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 the- I disagree with that i disagree with that because i and and also i disagree with the david johnson one because that's just unfortunate i think what what it's been what i think what telford's pointing to is the fact that jonathan taylor i mean what what is he he's like two years older than we are he should be barely even in his prime yet. I mean, I guess as a running back, you could say he should be starting his prime age-wise. Um, and he, you know, he was definitely the consensus pick. I mean, I remember I was listening to this podcast back in like July and they did a mock draft and they took McCaffrey first. And I was shocked. I was like, whoa, like, is anyone not treating Taylor as like the just absolute consensus? Like, you have to remember, like, put yourself back in like the whole summer leading up to the draft. Like, there was really no reason not to take Taylor number one overall. Um, I, I personally thought Eckler was the number two to Taylor. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think as far as expectation goes, this has just been this has been um, just baffling. I mean, I think Taylor had that one huge week to start the season. Um, and then the injury was unfortunate, but it was one of those small injuries. Um, I don't – see, that's where we disagree, Conrad. I'm going to have to stop you there. He had a high ankle sprain and was sidelined for two weeks. Also, their their offensive line is shit this year. I'm just I don't know. I think it was just if you're a Jonathan Taylor slash Colts fan, you just take this year as a wash and you hope for next year. If I'm the Colts, shut them down. Like I just 
he's too good to just keep trotting him out there. I think the Colts are incredibly mishandling this situation um, to just like, first of all, if you're going to put him out there, give him 20 carries. And if you're going to like either let him get bell cow status or bench him, right? Like, especially with Ellinger now, like you don't necessarily need to lean on like this aggressive running game. Uh, Cause you can just, you're, the offense opens up, right? You can have a QB who can scramble. But, you know, it doesn't matter to me anymore. I get Justin Jefferson, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> um, I, I, I do want to um, acknowledge uh, just a little bit Tanky's big performance. Um, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, first player since 2004 to pass, throw, uh, pass, run, and receive a touchdown all in the same game since LaDainian Tomlinson in that just nuclear year the many nuclear years he had in our very early childhood. Um, yeah, I I, I, I got to ask you guys, I mean, um, CMC was just one of those guys who I think every single week he was, um, he, he kind of had an Alvin Kamara type start to the season where he was putting up like 14, 12, 13 points. And you said, that's fine. And then he started scoring a little bit more and you were like, well, he's still going to get injured. Um, are we at a point now that he is on San Francisco? Are, are, are all three of us comfortable with saying now that, McCaffrey is officially a, uh, a league winner caliber uh, player. We don't think that we're not worried about the injuries. Uh, we love the situation. And we think that, um, I mean, is, is Christian McCaffrey uh, the RB one at this point? Dude, honestly, he's one of those guys. I just, I am allergic to injured players in fantasy football. Now I'm going to knock on wood. Cause I don't want to jinx that this year, but I hate players who will routinely get injured. I can't see them on my team. You know, I think after this week, it's it's a it's sell high type of situation. But I, I just oh, don't wow. believe that he's a, a league winner. I just don't see it. I wouldn't have drafted him top four or five because of the injury issues, kind of similar to Saquon. But uh, I can I can eat my words because he had a great week. But I don't know if he'll last this whole year. Zach, we actually have a pretty different opinion. I um I I would say that Christian McCaffrey currently has the highest ceiling in all of fantasy football. And I would not think it inappropriate to call him the RB1 rest of the season on this Kyle Shanahan-led offense. With that being said, Conrad, I do think it isn't possible to call the guy who got picked number one overall the elite winner. Like, I just don't – I wouldn't say that, you know? Uh we're, we've had this discussion before. I would call a league winner someone who is performing at an RB1 spot and able to be in your flag. Like, I would say that is what I would call a league winner. Like like well, Damian I, Pierce, if your team was good? <laughs> Con- Conrad's got reason to be scared. I think we can call my team good. <laughs> I just, I, <laughs> uh, just want to say that Tamki has informed me that he really wishes that he could be on the pod this week and that he cannot wait to hear every word that comes out of Jack's mouth this week. I mean, it was, pod, so. I mean okay. <laughs> Tamki, Flowers, whatever, you're still bad at fantasy football. One week does not change that. And you know what? Maybe I'm bad at fantasy football. This is probably the worst. This is the worst team or the worst start I've had in – since freshman year of college, I would say. Well, um, freshman year was your low, so. Oh yeah, well that was a wash year. I don't. No, I don't really I mean, know. Why so I freshman was really... year was your low, and and I think I think Jack, you have since freshman year, you have made it to three straight championships and lost all of them, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's impressive that this has been your favorite fantasy year, given that. Um, but well, uh, I would say this has been. I think this is my favorite fantasy year because of three things: Fab One Up Podcast. <laughs> like the Fab has the Fab has been fun. I mean, I'm, down, is, I'm down to twenty bucks, but it's been fun. I think it has changed the way that a lot of people view the league. Plus, it'll it'll force Tanky to get on his shit. Like Tanky has spent zero dollars. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait until there actually is like some crazy waiver week and Will has a hundred dollars to spend uh, and he outpays Declan with ninety nine dollars to spend. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess um, we can move on to Declan on that note because he was playing against Frankie this week and um, oh boy, this became the toilet bowl quickly. Um, <laughs> and, and actually, not a not a bad week for Declan at all. Um, he would have beaten several teams in the league and uh, Frankie had a pretty bad week, but these teams are now at the bottom of the season ended today. They would play each other for the Sacco. Uh, Frankie called a shot on the, if calling your shot is like pointing to like the catcher's mitt as striking out because he called this a rebuild year. And uh, we are now at a point where we are seeing a insane plateau from Frankie. It's honestly a little scary. Uh, Jack, was it you who in the, group chat said Frankie's bench is so empty I don't I think it was someone else it wasn't me but I was like when I was looking when I was proposing the trade to him because I knew he had Justin Jefferson I was like you have to like actually go on the app and press all the buttons and whatnot I looked at his bench I was like what the fuck happened how I mean I mean how could this happen he has three empty bench spots (laughs) it's 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 pretty horrendous and um the fact that uh and I think Waller We'll be back, and I, I I do think that Waller will return some value. But I mean, if we ignore Waller for now because he hasn't been doing anything really all season, um, I mean this is a team that had traded its way and had poorly decisions its way to uh, being extremely weak at QB, extremely weak at running back, arguably the worst in the league. Um, you know, uh, non consequential at tight end, um, and then having the best defense in the Bills. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is a team that has fallen off hard. I think pretty recently, uh, might've been last episode or two episodes ago. Uh, I think Jack and I agreed that Tamki has become the Vegas favorite to lose a Sacco because he was going to, um, be victim of his unwillingness to make trades and timely pickups. He was going to find himself going into Sacco weekend with like a lot of like the players he drafted, like, I don't know, someone like JD McKissick or someone. But, uh, but um, uh, I, I would like to formally change my vote to Frankie at this point, who uh, just a few episodes ago said that Jack's team is not good, called it bad. Similar to what Telford's saying right now, actually. Uh, but, I mean, Frankie, Frankie put it all on the line. And since then, as, um, he's faced a little bit of voodoo magic from Jack because he has, he has fallen off heavy and he now finds himself in last place. Yeah, I mean, I beat Frankie and then lost twice, so I don't really have, like, much of a hill to stand on. My team this past three weeks have just been awful. Uh, but at least I have, uh, you know, some breathing room. Like, I could definitely go on a run these next six weeks. And I know it's really important to get a bye, right? Like, it's essentially a free win in the playoffs. But, you know, all you have to do is get there. Like, then you can just – uh roll those dice you know so what if i can if i can get to the playoffs this year i like my chances i mean both of noswad's uh ships have come from him making the playoffs as the five or the six seed similar Mm -hmm. to the new york giants so 
I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, again, I mean, I we clearly have a lot of league mates who don't believe that much in Jack's team. I think that it's dangerous, but uh, Frankie's team, I think, has completely fallen off. Telford, is Frankie's team also your current choice for a worst roster in the league? You know, I want to I appreciate Frankie's kind words to me. Um, <laughs> he said that my team was a flashback on the pod, but Frankie – your team is far and away the worst team that I may have ever seen to drive together. Um, <laughs> dude, it is. I, I was thinking when uh, when I realized like your name's you know like the rebuild year or whatever. Actually, maybe your name's not that, but you are the rebuild year. I mean, you can make a move for uh, <clears throat> like giving away one of your your better players for a you know Damian Pierce maybe. I guess you, you just did that in Chris Olave, a guy who was yeah, drafted really low to be your keeper to rebuild that. But there's not really much on your team left to give away. So, I don't know. It's not. It's not looking good. It's it's brutal. I mean, as we said last episode, I mean, his running backs, and now he got Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, giving up Justin Jefferson. That's kind of a, a sideways deal. But his his running back room are are guys that all lost their starting job this year, basically, <laughs> I mean, and not not very good to begin with, talent wise. But Demop, Melgo, and Clyde. I mean, you were kind of hoping that one of those guys would go off. Um, they are all <laughs> on many different teams. None of those guys would be a starter right now. So, oh, it's it's brutal right now for Frankie. Uh, thank you for your patronage of the pod. We'd love to have you back on. Um, but uh, it's it's it, it's not looking good. Uh, Dishay has uh, he was on the pod last week at one and six, and he said that he'll be back on once he rattles off five wins in a row. He comes six and six and finds himself back in the playoff hunt. Well. He's got one down, and uh, it, honestly, it was a it was a great team win. Um, he already had the the week one before Monday night, but Joe Mixon underperforming a bit. Um, it just didn't matter because uh, DJ Moore has now sustained two very good starts. Uh, Mike Evans is showing a very consistent uh, setting right now. Tyler Algier, I mean, that was definitely talent that I didn't really see that much when I got him from Jack. I kind of saw it as a Enough. Oh, he was same here, same here. He was a yeah, throw it, 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 it was enough to move the needle for me to give you Justin Tucker. Um, but um, so like when Declan wanted Algier in this big trade we made later, I, again it was just a throw in. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think Algier is a very solid flex option. I mean, unfortunately for Declan, he has to be uh, his <laughs> is his RB two. But um, <laughs> that putting those things aside uh yeah i mean I, I declan's team isn't one that i expect to go on a run necessarily but um i don't think you can sleep on this team because he's got herbo coming back for this week um i think i think mixon even though he's looked pretty bad is just getting so many opportunities he has the most carries in the red zone of any running back in the nfl dj moore i do think that that value is here to stay with pj thrown to him uh, Mike Evans, I think just constant upside, pretty solid floor. Um, Michael Thomas might come back pretty well. J.K. Dobbins, decent bench piece. Um, so yeah, I mean, Declan's team has never been as bad as his record is. Um, but I, I do think he, he's at a place where, um, I think I'm playing him, uh, a week from now. And, um, I'm, I'm definitely not seeing that as a layup like Jack was seeing this Tamke matchup going into this week as a layup. Yeah. I mean, I definitely... Ate my words on that one, but uh, <laughs> you know it happens to the best of us. You gotta, you can't, you uh, you can't be doing the lame move of hedging your bets before, like, oh, wow, great week, I might lose to Tampa. No, no one should be doing that. <laughs> you know? 
Like, uh, it's like, oh, my flowers to Will. No, he probably couldn't even name the head coach of the 49ers. <laughs> like, I'm not. He didn't make any savvy uh, yeah, harsh. <laughs> okay, you, Conrad, you go ask Will after this podcast is done recording, and you see if he knows who the head coach of the 49ers is, and then we ask can... him live. Ask him live on air right now. Oh yeah, yeah, get him on, get him on, Conrad. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, uh, all right, Will. So Jack and uh, Telfer doubting your NFL knowledge right now. I did not. No, um, no, 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 I didn't. I didn't. Let's get that out of here. So they have a, they have a, they have a. Pop trivia question for you. Um, uh, now the, the Chiefs beat this coach in the Super Bowl, and he's the current coach of the 49ers, who is the coach of your great Christian McCaffrey. They want to know who is the current coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Um, no, no. <laughs> he doesn't know it. He doesn't know it. I have no idea. He's a genius. He's a what do you think, like? And he's one of the more famous ones. Like this is like, he's considered like, a genius. He's not Dennis <laughs> Allen. Like all right thanks for that will we made uh, right. we made podcast history again we got two featured on one episode that is pod history that is pod history conrad at the very least can i get a single rose for that <laughs> i'll give you a thorn of a rose on, on my boy tamki um Okay, we can we can move on then to to my matchup. I've been I've been waiting all up for this. Um, uh, yeah, was, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure. All right, get it in. Get it in. <laughs> this was this was a this was a beautiful one. I mean, I I have to say I had already built this team um, with the Saquon and Kyler trade, where I, I I felt really good. I mean, I was I was feeling great about it, and I had kind of already beaten Adam before anyone on my team picked off because. Um, Adam had Mark Andrews uh, go down after a pretty solid start in that Tampa game. He went down very early. Um, and then in the London game, he thought that the Russ and Cortland Sutton stack would go crazy. It did not, in <laughs> fact, go crazy. Um, so uh, I, I uh, Will and I, I mean, I'm sure as we all did, um, we had had a big, uh, we had had our party the night before. So we had kind of just wanted to um, just kind of, hang out with um, my girlfriend and her friend who were in town, just kind of walking around DC, going to the mall, showing them around some areas. And every time I checked my phone, like, cause I was checking my phone for the first like hour of fantasy, like every now and then, every time I checked, it was another AJ Brown touchdown or another Alvin Kamara touchdown. And uh, I, I was, it was just so great to see because I've, I've seen that potential for both of them all season. I mean, the only reason Alvin Kamara wasn't a top five pick was because people were worried about the legal trouble at the start of the season. But um, my my inside sources that the that the DOJ were telling me that the <laughs> that the trial would wait till after the fantasy season was over. So um, I knew that that wasn't a concern. I thought that that was um, I think the Kamara pick uh, it it might still be this, but at the time I thought it was the best pick of the second round. Um, and uh, really, the, the the only issue had been. Um, well, there have been two issues. He had that little injury, 
And then also, like, he'd been being vultured by Taysom and Ingram. Um, and I, I, I just I, – I knew that the pop-off was waiting. Um, and, and it finally came. I mean, he just – he gets so many targets. He, he just finds himself in the end zone so often. Um, he's still so explosive. I think um, everyone was trying to tell me he wasn't in his prime anymore. I think he absolutely is in his prime. And then A.J. Brown, I mean, it's one of those classic situations where you put an amazing talent on a really good team and you just expect it to pop. And he had been very good this year, but uh, I mean, as as Telford saw, I mean, the, the upside still was not revealed until this week. Where he, I mean, if you guys watched Red Zone or that game, he he only caught six passes, um, and and three of them were for touchdowns, and one of them was a breakaway run where he was just tripped up. It was honestly kind of bizarre that he didn't get that fourth touchdown, and another one was a was a dropped. Uh, he definitely could have come down with that touchdown so uh there is definitely a very similar reality to this where he has a five touchdown game um and that was all in like the first half essentially of play except for the last one i mentioned so um yeah really just an incredible performance out of those two um was very happy with everyone else um saquon with one of his lower performances this year still finds his way in the end zone um i definitely definitely feel good about saquon uh jerry judy surprisingly has been very good on the broncos recently i mean he has been turning in um, a ton of targets from Russ. I think he's become the number one option in Denver. Um, I I was um, I was actually thinking that Campbell was going to take Judy over Thielen because I think that's become pretty clear. But um, Campbell wanted the um, Campbell wanted the uh, uh, the better situation um, on the better team than Judy, which I think made sense. Um, and I gotta say, guys. Finally buried Adam. Um, this, this, felt, this felt good, boys. I mean, I mean, this is this is something that uh, I feel like what what has been said has already been said a lot in the chat, a lot in in messages to Adam. But um, there had been a lot of trash talk between us ever since that, ever since that uh, Jamar Chase and Kenneth Walker went up. It was just oh god, there was a lot of bad blood between us, and Adam just just changed his name immediately to the anti Conrad chairman. Yeah, I mean, he's the, it's the only thing that's happened this year that has made me feel sick about the one-up. Um, and I, guys, I can confidently say in the week that I blew out Adam, I can now say I'm happy that he one-upped me. <laughs> I, I'm so happy as well, Conrad. <laughs> I mean, the real shame is that Joe traded Kenneth Walker for essentially Garrett Wilson, but eh, at least he has Austin Eckler. <laughs> Uh, no, I'll give you some flowers for this week, Conrad. It was definitely bound to happen that Alvin Kamara finally got a touchdown. I mean, I watched a decent bit of the Saints game. He looks great. I mean, like, it's really just whether or not he gets those dump offs because he is so great as a receiving back. Um, and now with Ingram injured, like, I think he has, like, top five potential the rest of the year, um, especially oh, yeah. if especially if they just roll with Andy Dalton. Um, yeah, no, I'm – Flowers given. Um, definitely. Uh, I mean, I would have. I know. I can't fully give this opinion without hindsight. But if you are Dawson, I would have taken AJ Brown and Alvin Kamara over Aaron Jones and Devonte Adams. But you know, these things happen. Uh, you can't uh, look back in fantasy, and because God, you will have some sleepless nights. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. Telford, I, I I guess I guess Jack, thank you for for buttering up my biscuit on my side. Telford on, on consider them butter, consider them butter. Adam's side, I mean, this is this is a team that has been very up and down. Um, I he definitely sees himself as 
the best roster in the league, which is a little inexplicable to me. But I do think that he has finally nailed down a solid starting QB with Dak. Um, I think that should be good going forward. I think when Jamar Chase goes back, I think they'll be decent. But um, are, are, are you seeing home run potential in Adam's team or are, are you thinking that he's kind of a little over his skis right now? Dude, um, he's another guy I was trying to make a trade with, with for DeAndre Hopkins before he popped off. And, you know, this week he vaulted himself to top end, you know, wide receiver one. I think Adam seems good. A week or two ago, I told him I think that he had a top three roster. I don't know if that's true anymore. I mean, all we've heard about Jamar Chase is that one of the doctors said that they're hoping he recovers faster because of his unique genetic structure. <laughs> I don't buy that. He's that's not, gotta he's be not racist. That's different. gotta be racist. Yes. He's a guy that thing to say. you you might get lucky to get him back for the playoffs. Who knows? Um, and I don't know the rest of his team. I think it's a it's a it's a mid mid tier finish overall. Conrad, your team went off this week. I'll give you the flowers for that. But oh, thank you, sir. I you was scared just a little boy? disappointed. No, I'm not, I'm not scared. I was really disappointed I couldn't get those seven more points to be your team as high a score this week. I was watching that uh-huh. game eagerly last night, trying to hope for that. But <laughs> now your team popped off. You know I love A.J. Brown and Kamara. Uh, while I've had my doubts, he finally came through for you. So congratulations on the big win. Uh, thank you, sirs. And I guess that's a good chance to do a quick aside. Um, I'm in one league where – so we are definitely raising the pot next year. No question. Um, in this league? Even, Wait, in this league? In this league, yeah. I mean, it's, oh, yeah, it's, fuck it's, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm it, it's not. It's not a question of. It's not a question of. Uh, of if we are going to, it's a question of how much it's going to be risen by. Um, but um, I do. Uh, I, I am interested in uh, your guys' uh, thoughts on this because in um, my my biggest money league, um, since we have so much money on the table, what? it's like a hundred and. <laughs> it's like what it's like a hundred. It's it's one hundred twenty five dollars, so it's I feel like that's pretty standard for like a big money yeah. league, you know. It's not like it's not like go go for broke type thing, but it's it's very competitive and um we're, we're very creative with the pot. Uh, what we do is um we we have a lot of different payout structures, and one of them is um the the winner of the week gets twenty five dollars. Um, so I'm curious ah. what you guys think about that. Um, uh, not necessarily on the amount they should get, but on the principle of that. If we had more money to work with. Would you guys like to see a weekly payout of the top, for the top scoring team? I would love to do something like that. Maybe not a weekly payout. Or, well, no, I like the weekly payout, but then we could actually – I pay for the – I pay $13 a month to have this podcast hosted on rss.com. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I can get a little kickback at some point, you know, a little, a little love for Jack. Um, no. <laughs> No, no, but in all honesty, that does sound like a great idea. I like not even not even from the fact of like, oh, the winner gets the most money or like gets more money. I feel like you can just do more fun stuff with it. Like we could get a trophy or something. We could get like oh yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, we could we could like do a bar tab one night over Thanksgiving. Like I don't know, there's a lot of fun options. That'd be yeah, brutal. I love. <laughs> I love that idea. I mean, he, the deal with for me is like, okay, really, at, towards the end of the season, there's there's three or four teams, you know, vying for the championship. You know who you are. If you're not in it, it's, you know, there's not much. Like week 12, week 13 comes around. It's not much enticing about it. I think if you do something weekly, you know, highest score gets X dollars. Maybe even the lowest score has to do a micro punishment, like change mm-hmm. your name or like something dumb. 
Um, That's legendary. It can be really interesting week to week. Because, like, this week, you know, I'm probably going to lose to Noswad. I've got six players on by. Um, there's not really anything enticing me to try. But if there's, you know, maybe the lowest score has to do something, that could add some spice to it as well. And I don't know. I think that we can get super creative to it. Because at the end of the day, it's, you know, the, the pot's whatever, 500, 600 it is. Just goes to the winner. You get your money back, I think, in second place, if, that has, if that's how it works. But uh, we can get way more creative, I think, midseason. Maybe even have, like, a rivalry week, put something on the line as well. I don't know. I think there's a lot of spaces we can do with it. But definitely down to uh, to increase the, the buy-in sizably. And for our listeners at home, just to clarify, the pot is we all put in 50. Uh, highest scoring on the season gets 50. Third place gets 50. And then second place gets 150. And first place gets the rest. But um, yes, I, I'm glad you guys are in favor of that. I think that is definitely something that we will be doing. Um, the micro punishments is a pretty funny idea. Um, yeah, just, just creates a very dynamic league. Um, I think if the pod survives a second season, I think I think uh, that, that, that'd, be a, that'd be a fun little feature to discuss the punishment and, uh, and all that action. But um, all right, well, getting to the last matchup of the week, we had a face-off between... Cambo and Joe, and as we talked about earlier this episode, Cambo has gone from four and zero to four and four. Still in the playoffs if the season ended now. Still the league's reigning champion, and just made a big trade with me to get a stud RB one. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown has a higher ceiling now that Hawkinson's gone, um, and T Higgins has the wide receiver room to himself. Uh, well, at least he has the top position in it until Jamar Chase is back. But um, yeah, the translation has been four losses, guys. And um, uh, again, 100 points is is a solid week. But um, I mean, you can never be mad if you lose, you score 100 points. And he faced off against, against honestly, at this point, what I just have to admit is a better team in, in, in Joe Russell's team. I mean, I think that um, Hertz carries his team uh, and uh, Joe, like, you know, Garrett Wilson, I guess some flowers for Garrett Wilson. He, he had a solid week. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a team that I've called fraudulent a lot throughout the year. I, Joe, I expect to have on the pod for next episode. We'll look into that, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, this was, this was definitely a pivotal week for both of these teams. I think Joe has, uh, finally established himself as a non-fraud at the very least. He is currently sitting alone at, um, six and two, I believe. Um, or no, Nosswood's also 62. Joe's above yeah. him. Joe's above him with the points scored. Um, how are we feeling about these two teams right now? Uh, you gotta be, I mean, obviously the Brees Hall injury sucks. He's been dealing, what, that happened not this past weekend, but the weekend before that, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, a four-game losing streak. He still had, like, three really good games from Brees Hall, so you can't chalk it all up to that. Um... It sucks. You know, no one wants to be in that position. Um, it's definitely like, I don't know, it's call for alarm, right? Like I would say that you don't necessarily need to blow it up, but you do got to make a trade uh, that which obviously, did. yeah, which he did, you know, flowers to him, flowers, flowers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, it's more so just a triumph of Joe. I've I would uh I've been supporting Joe's team for a while. I uh, <laughs> would never be mad at Joe Russell winning the ship as I would be with others. But you know, it, <laughs> what 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 others, Jack? Would you be mad if Tampi won the ship? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you, oh yeah. No, he's definitely up there. Um, and probably just any repeats. Um, I don't know. 
uh, uh, how are you feeling? I mean, dude, I think Joe's team is pretty solid. I mean, I mean, Conrad hit it on draft day. I was livid when he got Jalen Hurts the pick before I was going to grab him. And yeah. he's obviously proved to be the best quarterback this year, I think. Uh, maybe up there with, with um, whatever the other guy's name is. But Josh, um, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whatever. But it's, I mean, remarkable week. 120 points with CQ Elliott, who stinks, and uh, Eckler, both on the bench. But uh, I don't know what he's doing keeping Deshaun Watson around. It's a little suspect on, on a character-wise watch for for. Joe here, he's, so. he's keeping him as a keeper, but I mean, I, I as much as long as he's held on to him, it's it's still kind of foolish because um, he has Jalen Hurts. Honestly, if I'm Joe, I'm trying to trade Deshaun Watson right now with the message that he could be your keeper next year um, by giving you could give up your 15th round pick for Deshaun Watson. Who I mean, let's be real. When Deshaun Watson is, um, I actually in another league I'm in, I just made. Uh, I, I don't really have a solid QB in that league, so I just made a waiver claim for Deshaun Watson and. Um, I think that this is officially the week where if you're in a deeper league, you don't really have a QB. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I don't really expect him to be bad when he comes back. I don't expect him to be amazing, but um, he could be, I don't want to use the word league winner for Deshaun Watson, but maybe an Antonio Brown type situation where just a, uh, a, a super talent that finally starts playing. And uh, yeah, he does something special. But um, yeah. yeah, if you want to throw away your dignity, man, and your respect, he's <laughs> a scumbag, isn't he? Uh, he is, he's, he, he truly is. And, uh, I, he, he would be at the top of your roster. So, I mean, you I mean, have to a, live with he, that. It'd be tough to look at. He's a serial rapist. <laughs> like, it's, would have uh, it's really crazy that he's not in jail. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people agree with that, but that is, that is bizarre. Like, yeah, it's, he is not in jail. Insane. Anyways, you know if he's dropping me twenty five, Conrad, am I right? You got him, you got him in your, you got him in your league. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, I think we could, I think we. Well, you guys have any last thoughts on these teams? No, no, you're all good. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, all right. Well, we've been hitting at it all episode. Um, we, <laughs> we. I think you know this is kind of a niche topic, but hopefully it'll open the door for talking about a lot of these different players, a lot of these different teams. Um, we are bringing back Fantasy Court, and this time I'm the editor, so you better believe there's going to be a gavel slam. <laughs> um, how many, so, how many better call stalls are you throwing in, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a massive overlap, total ear rate. <laughs> so, uh, pre- presiding today over the court, we have. Judge Telford, Telford, thank you so much for joining us as a impartial justice to this issue. Happy to be here. Uh, now, listen, <laughs> uh, whatever decision you make, I just want to remind you guys that in the first edition of the Fantasy Court, we had Judge Noswad decide about uh, Cordero Patterson versus Alvin Kamara, and Jack did the pitch for Cordero Patterson over Alvin Kamara, and Noswad <laughs> ruled in favor as a recent <laughs> Cordero Patterson. So uh you know sometimes the the law literally is blind um so uh, (laughs) (laughs) the issue before the court today uh judge telford is uh this trade that just happened um uh that we talked about earlier this episode um for to remind everyone uh i traded away alvin kamara who just had uh the number one week in all of fantasy um and as well as uh, uh adam thielen and Gerald Everett for uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, Najee Harris, and Devin Singletary on Cambo's side. 
Um, and as Jack said, um, whatever you think about the balance of that trade, um, Jack believes he had a better offer on the table. Jack, uh, what was your offer? Yeah, I did Jonathan Taylor, Chris Olave, and Kyle Pitts for Jamal Williams and Travis Kelsey. I, what are we doing here? How, what? I am so lost as to why, like, you and uh, Cameron were, like, laughing about this behind the scenes. Do you really not think that, like, regardless of uh, the trade that you just made, like, obviously I can't affect, like, what you're offering at all. Like, I'm not trying to pitch to Anthony or anything. Is that really, like, that bad of an offer? <laughs> all right, Jack. Well, you did a, a bit of a breakdown for my <laughs> trade, so I'll, be, I'll do a bit of one for yours. Um, yeah, no, hit me with it. On on Cambo's side, there uh, I think he you are taking away two very valuable pieces from his team. Kelsey being his most valuable, and Jamal Williams. Um, I think you saw Jamal Williams as just a solid maybe flex play for now as they figure out the Swift situation, and then maybe a, a decent bench guy to fill in. Um, I think Cambo has been listening to what uh, what the the Lions coaching staff has been saying and what. He's, he's been seeing these games and, um, you know, the, the re-aggravation issue is real. Um, I know that Doug Campbell said that it was great to have DeAndre Swift out there, but he's not back. Um, that, I mean, as, as we've talked about this, this episode, I mean, these lingering injuries are just, they can be killer. They can, we can, we can convince ourselves one thing and it can look completely different in another thing. So, um, that is still a very great offense in Detroit. They love Jamal Williams. I think Jamal Williams is a flex lock for the rest of the season. And if DeAndre Swift does reactivate his injury, he immediately, I mean, he immediately gets all the value that DeAndre Swift has. Meanwhile, you were trading, as you said, you were trying to trade Jonathan Taylor for quote pennies on the dollar. The way everyone's feeling right now about Jonathan Taylor is probably worse than the way that you're even feeling about him, who has had to hold on to him. I mean, the, the name value was barely even there at this point. I mean, of course he, he like, like everyone that's, the principle why you got Justin Jefferson from Frankie. But uh, I mean, Jonathan Taylor has very publicly been struggling this year. And as you said, this high ankle sprain, I mean, that's his own injury risk that Cambo is taking on this risk on a team that's sinking right now. Kyle Pitts is such a massive risk for a team that's sliding. Um, I mean, again, uh, some analysts were saying last week that Kyle Pitts is officially droppable. Uh, I never agreed with that, but I do think that you are completely overhyping Pitts in this scenario. And uh, Judge Telford, uh, Chris Olave, I must say, as much as we all love Chris Olave and as much as I totally get the argument for the keeper, I mean, that makes total sense. Um, I got to say, uh, I think Jack is all gaslit. It's a little bit too much on Chris Olave. He's told us to get <laughs> in again. He's the Saints wide receiver one, which with uh, Michael Thomas out, uh, I think is true. But, I mean, let's be real. That offense runs through Alvin Kamara. That offense can be very inconsistent. Uh, Chris Olave is uh, has a great future ahead of him, but um, I don't think he's going to win any leagues this year. I think he could be. I mean, their trend of like these rookie wide receivers coming on late has like always been there. You know, like we saw Amon Ross St. Brown last week, last year. I mean, rather, I don't know. I I don't think it was an unfair trade at all. Like. Jamal Williams, really? Like, that's – that. does he value him as, like, an RB, like, 10, like, a, a top 
like an RB one here. Like I, I feel like I was taking crazy fields. I thought that was like a more than fair offer, but I, I don't know. R- rather, regardless of the trade that I put out there, I still wholeheartedly believe that you fleece the hell out of them. Like <laughs> with without a question, Conrad. Like if I'm you, I'm like I'm big. I'm I'm like putting a hit out on everyone's phones for the next 24 hours like oh like i i hire all my you chicago hacking buddies to like put yeah to like put on a i don't know a nord vpn or something i don't know you know what i you know what i mean i think you're i think you robbed them blind personally like whether or not that could happen we'll see but like i think you did a great job I look. I, I appreciate you guys. You guys saying that. I also know that's you trying to win this case right now in front of the judge. Let me just say this about Kamara because we've we've already talked a lot about him on this pod. We Kamara Alvin Kamara as as much as he has his highs and his lows, he is truly a known commodity that is still in his prime. And in a year with so many disappointing running backs, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, let's load Cambo's team up with disappointing Jonathan Taylor and disappointing Najee Harris. I'm sure it's going to fire him up for, for, for the week ahead. Uh, Alvin Kamara, I, I understand that it's a sell high, but I also, I mean, in a vacuum, I wasn't really looking to sell Alvin Kamara after this game because because I I know that the uh you know if the Raiders would have put up more of a fight, I think he would have scored even more. I think he would have had even more opportunities. And most importantly, I'll get on this again. Ingram is out. Kamara is now officially in, not only is he not in a committee, um, which he never was in, he is officially the only guy back there. Like, the only way that Alvin Kamara is going to have a back... Conrad, 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 Conrad. Are we forgetting a certain soaker? <laughs> hey, now. In Taysom Hill? Like, the, are only... We... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only way that he has a bad week, as I was saying, would be if... Hill vultures all those goal line carries and has some kind of crazy game. I think Kamara is, uh, I think people see him as volatile. I actually think he is very safe. And I think his ceiling is higher uh, than any other running back in all of fantasy. So I, I rest my case. Wow. You think it's higher than uh, Christian McCaffrey? Uh, sure. Yeah. I you think, think, you think it's Christian McCaffrey. You think it's higher than Saquon, your own guy? Yes, yes. I do think I, – I, the reason that I – I was talking to my brothers about this trade, about whether I should do it or not, and I was wondering if I should float Saquon, and they both said no, which is interesting because Cambo saw Kamara as more – as I said, he saw Kamara as more valuable than Saquon right now. Um, but I think that Saquon, um, at the end of the day, has is back to his old self, and his old self was never, like, you know, scoring – six touchdowns in a single game like Alvin Kamara did just two years ago. So I think Alvin Kamara to the moon. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I think we're ready for a verdict then. Judge Telford. Oh, thank God. You guys can stop droning on about it. Which is <laughs> I'll make a verdict here. Um, I think we can go player by player. I mean, I'm looking at this trade. I mean, Gerald Everett, Kyle Pitts, it's a toss up. I think Kyle Pitts, you know, had a great week last week. I think he's on the come up. Never really believed in Gerald Everett. When, when we watched the game against the Chiefs, he made that, he let that mistake pick. on the 99-yard pick six. Um, he just was out of gas. Like, the guy's fat. He probably can't play very well. <laughs> I think I'm leaving Kyle Pitts out of those two. Um, 
Chris Olave, Adam Thielen. I'm going Olave here, uh, not because of the keeper thing. I think he's just a better player. Uh, even when can't guard Mike comes back, which is probably never because he's been out with turf toe for like six weeks. Um, <laughs> I think Chris Olave's there to stay, even with you know the redhead at quarterback. Um, Olave probably beats him there. As for Kamara and Taylor, I think Kamara blows Jonathan Taylor out of the water. Um, I don't think it's even close. Um, Jonathan Taylor is purely name recognition, like you guys said. Alvin Kamara had a great week. I think he was due. Good player. Like Conrad said, he has that ability to go to the next level and just score bunches of touchdowns. I don't think Jonathan Taylor's proven this year at all. Um, now, on, on Cambo's side of it, you guys say the word fleece a lot. Um, and and <laughs> I'm going to break it down. I don't, I don't really think that it's that much of a fleece. And here's why. Um, <clears throat> I think Naheem Hines is going to have more of an impact on Buffalo than we'd think. That put him put him back there with Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. It's just a, it's a pretty big committee. I don't know if Singletary gives you even flex starting potential on buy or even if your team gets massacred with injuries. Najee Harris has not proven one game after you know first couple weeks that he's a reliable upper team scorer. Sure, he'll get you I don't know eight to fourteen points. Um, that's just off the cuff, but he's not going to go to the next level for you and. Obviously, Travis Kelsey, centerpiece of the trade, and he, he's the man, the four-touchdown game off of, like, 25 yards. Fantastic. Obviously, he's a hometown favorite, so we we probably put him in a higher regard. But I think I saw some stuff the other day that said the difference between Kelsey and the number five tight end was, like, way bigger than the difference between number one and number 10 running back or wide receiver, something along the lines of that. So mm. he's, and he's really valuable. But I'll sum it like this. If objectively, I think – you know, Conrad gave the better package to Cambo. I don't think that Jack's um, flimsy Whoa. product is as good. <laughs> but, but hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want, I want to end with this. If Cambo came to me and said, I'll give you Travis Kelsey and Najee Harris for Nick Chubb, Conrad, I don't think I'm taking that trade. And I think that we can agree mm. Nick Chubb and Kamara are in similar um, yeah. <clears throat> baskets right now. I mean, Kamara may have a higher ceiling, but Chubb's going to give you the much higher floor. And I don't think I'm accepting that trade. I know Singletary doesn't mean much to you and, and Everett and Thielen are throwaways, but I don't know. Food for thought to close it out. Well, Zach Telford, what about the fact that uh, – okay, I don't care. Let, we can just finish it up. <laughs> um, I, I, Telford, thank you for uh, your great analysis. I, I find it hard to disagree with anything you just said, including the fact that I don't think this trade was a true fleece. Um, I know that's used as a – compliment and an insult at the same time i i just think this was a yeah i mean as you said i think kamara and chubb are at the same level um i think part of the reason that you don't take this that trade is because uh you have kittle who um you know has been a bit of a left tackle this year but also uh has the ability uh to i mean he's one of those guys that you guys start every week so i think your situation is a little different than mine where tight end has been kind of a toss-up for me all year but um yeah you know I'm, i'm i'm hoping this trade passes um, I'm, I'm ready for the two up if necessary. Um, I know that kind of the logic <laughs> of any trade now is we all kind of hope that we can one up the guy who originally traded with us. And then we can, that guy can two up the guy so We can just get a better package just from the free market at play. But, um, yeah, I, I, uh, uh, Jack, uh, your, your boys is trash. Um, yeah, so- yeah, no, it's been probably my worst year since 2019 or 2018 rather. Oh God, it's been four years. 
Yeah, yeah, no, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm not too excited. All right, great episode as always, guys. Um, that will do it from us, Telford. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, that was one of our final guests who have not appeared. As I said, maybe Joe, maybe Tommy next week. Hopefully, one of them. And then that's when the reinvites happen. That's when the true <laughs> the true blue bloods start making their reappearance. So until then, uh, have a great week of work. Good luck in this very pivotal week of fantasy and. Keep making those trades. Keep it up, girl. Yeah, you turn me.